This episode of Film Frenzy contains spoilers for Top Gun. Consider this your spoiler warning. Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Tom. And this is a special edition of Film Frenzy. Join us as we fly into the danger zone. Hello, everybody, and a happy Memorial Day to everybody. We decided that Friday was not a good day to do this movie. We were going to wait until Memorial Day to release our episode of Top Gun. So before we go any further with it, I just want to say thank you to all our military members that have paid the ultimate sacrifice, and that's why we are celebrating Memorial Day. So that's our little patriotic shout out. We watched Top Gun. Top Gun is a movie from 1986 starring Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Kelly McGillis, Anthony Edwards. Tom Sekeret, am I saying that right? Scarrett. Meg Ryan, Michael Ironslide, uh, Tim Robbins, Rick Rosovich, and some other people as well. I think I hit most of the main cast. I've obviously seen this movie numerous times. This is actually Brooke's first time. Well, my second time. Well, <laughs> this is Brooke's first experience actually watching the whole movie. We talked about this before. You watched it and I asked, what do you know about Top Gun? And she says, oh, it's some Air Force guys that fly around. And I was like, that's not accurate. You're actually in the Navy. Oh, I didn't know that the Navy flew. But all she could remember from when she was younger watching the movie was the volleyball scene, which is not a big part of this movie. And honestly, like, why is the volleyball scene even there? What does it do? It literally is like eye candy for the girlfriends that got dragged to the action flick. That's what that scene is. Through 80 style right there. Yeah. The opening to this movie is for me the best part the music itself the flying sequence the the whole bit i i just i could sit and watch just the opening scene or even just listen to it because with the the jets flying with the music it's just it's so top gun iconic true 80s that's just that's what i think of when i think top gun it's just that opening sequence. I don't know how you feel about the whole soundtrack and the sounds and everything. I think that they do a lot with layering, which is always fun because it's a different way to experience the same music. Um, and then it also helps it to fit more with like whatever's going on. So I think that the jet overlay with Danger Zone and the song that plays before it, obviously like that's what people know Top Gun for is that opening sequence. You know, that's kind of what you want when you're making these like iconic, you know, movies. Right. Well, to become iconic. Right. So the movie follows basically Maverick as a fighter pilot who gets chosen to go to a fighter pilot training school down in Miramar, Florida, known as Top Gun. They get trained for eight weeks, basically to become the best of the best. I guess it just kind of furthers their career in a way. Um, you almost lose sight at one point in the movie that they're actually still in the Navy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you, you get this feeling that it's more like almost like a summer camp in a way. Yeah. So there's some things that happen that kind of keep you on track to remember that they are military. You know, mm -hmm. they, they get pulled into the office. They get chewed out. Big time military stuff that happens. So basically, whoever becomes top of this class becomes top gun in quotes to be the best of the best. And later on, they're allowed to come back and be instructors if they choose to, right. or however that works. But that's pretty much the basic plot of the movie is that they're at this training school in Florida. Yeah. A lot of things happen along the way. We'll get into our favorite scenes and things like that. So it starts out with Maverick and Goose flying with Cougar and Merlin. 
They get into a little bit of trouble. This is like real life stuff. This isn't training at this point. This is real life. Cougar gets spooked by the situation of what's going on. Maverick helps him to fly back in. Cougar ends up quitting. He basically turns in his wings, as they call it, and basically decides he's not going to be a pilot because he's he's afraid for his life at this point. He, he's, he's got a wife and a kid. He barely knows his kid, and he wants to basically go home to his family. So Cougar and Merlin were number one in, in their division or whatever, and now the commander, who is actually played by the guy who plays Mr. Strickland in right. um, Back to the Future, which is <laughs> just funny to me because it's, you know, going back to the 80s, I mean, they were... The same person you know what i mean the way yeah. he yells and everything it's, it's, it's funny that's uh james tolkien he basically is stressing over the fact that he has to offer maverick and goose cougar spot now because they were right. number two he was number one and now he's got to let them have their dream shot of you know going to this school when he's talking to them his face maverick his face like lights up like oh my god i'm gonna get this chance this is so awesome yeah and that's actually a great scene of him actually telling them that they're going to top gun school Maverick, Goose, come in here. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Shit. Maverick, you just did an incredibly brave thing. What you should have done was land your plane. You don't own that plane, the taxpayers do. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader three times, put in hack twice by me, with a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter. Penny Benjamin. And you, asshole, you're lucky to be here. Thank you, sir. And let's not bullshit, Maverick. Your family name ain't the best in the Navy. You need to be doing it better and cleaner than the other guy. Now, what is it with you? Just want to serve my country, be the best fighter pilot in Navy, sir! Don't screw around with me, Maverick. You're a hell of an instinctive pilot. Maybe too good. I'd like to bust your butt, but I can't. I got another problem here. I gotta send somebody from this squadron to Miramar. I gotta do something here. I, I, I still can't believe it. I gotta give you your dream shot. I'm gonna send you up against the best. You two characters are going to Top Gun. For five weeks, you're gonna fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You were number two, Cougar was number one. Cougar lost it, turned in his wings. You guys are number one. But you remember one thing. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Yes, sir. That is all. You can tell me about the mix some other time. Gentlemen, good luck, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I really like that scene. Um, that's actually one of my favorite quotes. You'll be flying a cargo ship full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. For some reason, it always stuck with me over the years. So it's one of my favorite quotes of this one. So basically, at this point, they're now going down to check in with, uh, you know, Top Gun or whatever. So when they get there and they start in their class, you, you're starting to feel the cockiness of Pete Mitchell, <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> Because he's like looking around the room and he's wondering who the best is. Right. And he even says it out loud. And the instructor, Viper, hears him and he says, oh, if, uh, any of you are wondering who the best is? And they're like, shit, we got caught. And he starts talking about the, the plaque on the wall and everything and um, gets first in a class, ends up with their name on the board. And they get the opportunity to come back to be Top Gun instructors. 
So I guess we're assuming at this point that Viper is a Top Gun instructor because he was number one in his class. Yeah. And probably the same thing with uh, that other guy as well. Jester. Jester. You know, speaking of all these call signs and their names and everything, I really like how they did their helmets. How each person's helmet has their call sign on it and they're all different colors. Yeah. And it's just, it's really neat because if you ever see a picture that has the the dark colored helmet, I don't know if it's black or it's a really dark blue with the red lines on it, you would know right away that that's Maverick because it's it's just, it's Maverick. And then Merlin, he's got the purple helmet with like the moon and the stars. Um, so they all have their their colors and their um, patterns and everything. It's really neat the way they did that. I don't know if that's really real, if they would do that in the Navy, but I, I don't doubt it yeah. because it's something that sits, it's considered a uniform, but they're kind of in a cockpit. So it's almost like they can express themselves in a way that it's it's their own thing. You know right. what I mean? So I thought that's that's kind of neat. And I'm, I'll bet it's real. If you look deep enough, you could probably... Yeah, probably. So I guess that that leads us into the bar, which this is where we meet... Well, we kind of met Iceman and Slider back in the classroom. Back in the class. Yeah. I mean, they were just being fucking weirdos. Right. They're all hockey towards each other in a kind of a serious but a joking way. Right. You know, they... they they're all in the Navy, but they're all from different places right. and they do the same thing. So they know who each other are. It's almost like the, the overload of testosterone kind of thing. Like they're all in the same place now. You guys are all good fighter pilots and you're all in the same place now. And it's like, oh, we're, we got to go at it because we got to find out who's the best is. Yeah. Know? Well, I was thinking about it because I was thinking about how Iceman is the antagonist of this movie. You can Google it. Iceman's the antagonist. I would agree with that. I just feel like he's not a very strong antagonist. And I feel like that because what does he actively do to stop Maverick and Goose from winning other than, like, be a cocky asshole? He doesn't, like, actively do anything to be, like, a threat or a problem. I mean, maybe it's just his existence and him just being a good fighter pilot. But he didn't feel like a villain, if that makes sense. Well, I, I think what happens, if you notice, he, like, pushes Maverick's buttons. Right. You know, like, they have that situation where they're flying, and, you know, Maverick leaves his wingman, mm -hmm. which they, they talk about in this movie, that's a no-no. Right. And he ends up over trying to go after Viper. Right. And he ends up getting taken out by Jester, and... Iceman's giving him a hard time later. He's like, you know, you pull off from your wingman. You know, is this what happened when you were up there with Cougar? Who was watching Cougar? You know, so he right. knows Cougar. And he, in a way, was expecting to see Cougar right. at this school. Now Maverick's taking his place and he's almost taking that personal. Yeah. So it's a, you know, if you're off doing this, who was helping Cougar when he was in trouble? And, right. you know, he's trying to calm it down. It's like, look, Cougar was doing just fine when I left him. So it's it's little things like that. He kind of pushes right. buttons. Where he's the villain, I think that's right. that's where it is. Stuff like yeah. that. And his co-pilot, Slider, mm -hmm. he's just as bad. But it's funny because if you notice, when they're in the locker room mm -hmm. and they're kind of going back and forth, the two pilots go back and forth towards each other. And then you got the two co-pilots that are like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to fight you kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like they they don't ever cross. You know, the co-pilot does never mess with the pilot and vice versa. Right. It's, it's, it's like, uh, I don't even know how to... Yeah, it's explain a, that any better but it's right. it's just funny yeah it's an interesting dynamic that they all have 
Right. But I would also go as far to say that Maverick kind of is his own antagonist as well because of his attitude. Yeah. What is a lot of his downfalls? It's his cockiness. Right. So, I mean, in a way, he is also his own antagonist. So I would reach more to say that Maverick is the antagonist of this movie as opposed to Iceman. You can have multiple antagonists in a film. That's not uncommon. But I feel like he is more an antagonist to himself than this other guy who is there just pushing his buttons. Does that make sense? Like he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see that. But I think he just gets that lack of respect because Mm -hmm. he's so dangerous, but he's good at what he does. And you'll see that throughout the film where he does something and they give him a hard time about it. Like, especially the Viper and, and Jester when they're talking on their own. It's like, you know, he was dangerous, he was dangerous, but damn, he's really good. Right. Like that kind of thing. So he is good. And he backs it up, but he's dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? So right there, you, like you could say he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you were saying before, though, it, this kind of leads up. We got ahead of ourselves a little bit there. But, you know, going back, we we meet up with uh, Charlie, who was the female instructor. But right. we don't know that yet as they meet her in the bar. Right. But that's one of the classic scenes in this movie, too, with just the whole uh, singing and the way the pickup, the cheesy pickup. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's so classic for this movie though because anytime that anybody hears this song that knows Top Gun mm-hmm. that's automatically what you think of yeah. okay I guess it's my turn isn't it alright the bet is $20 $20 All right. you have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time <laughs> on the premises on the premises come on man bet's a bet I don't know it just uh, just doesn't seem fair for you I mean but, uh, she's lost that loving feeling. She's like, no, she hasn't. Yes, she has. She has not lost that look. Because she's lost it, Matt. Come on. I hate it when she does that. Excuse me, miss. Hey, hey, hey. Don't worry, I'll take care of this. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips there's no tenderness like before in your fingertips you're trying hard not to show it but baby believe me i know it you've lost that love and feeling So basically, Goosehead propositioned a bet to pick up somebody in this bar, and Maverick sees her, and it's like, found my target. So they they do the cheesy pickup line. I'm not in the military, nor have I ever been, but my dad was. And just watching this, that is how, especially back in the 80s, that is how military guys were. They have that 
certain bond mm -hmm. where they're just weird like that. Like I could <laughs> see that them being in a bar like that and just carrying on and getting together and they all start singing. You know, there's the that song by uh, the village people in the Navy. You play a song like that in a military environment and they're all going to pick up their drinks and start singing. <laughs> they're just they're just going to. That's just that's just what they're going to do. So I I feel that that scene is 100% accurate. So much. It's, to it's take it, it is, but that's true. 1986, right there. Yes, absolutely. I mean, what woman doesn't want to be serenaded by the entire navy in a bar? I mean, what what woman doesn't want that? That's, that's <laughs> the way it was. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, personally, now I was only six when this movie came out, but I can I can see that that's completely accurate. You know, anytime we would have barbecues and we'd have military people over, my dad was in the Coast Guard. You have Coast Guard people over. That's just the way they were. <laughs> For all I know, they're still like that. Yeah, could be. Probably. Or you play something patriotic in a bar. Oh, yeah. They'll all pick up their drinks and start singing. <laughs> uh, proud to be an American. Guaranteed you'll get a lot of singing going. So basically, that's how we meet Charlie. I don't even remember what her real name was. Oh, Charlotte oh. Blackwell. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so they don't know who she is. You know, and nothing happens because she basically is an instructor and is like, I'm not going to be dealing with you guys. She doesn't know physically who they are, like personally right away, but she just knows that they're in the Navy and she's just like, I'm not going to date a, a service member. So they go to the class the next day and who comes walking up? The same woman and they introduce her as call sign Charlie. Right. And she goes up there and Maverick instantly looks and he's like, oh shit, throws his glasses on. <laughs> Which is actually a, a fun fact that I found. After this movie was filmed, the uh, the sale of Ray-Bans jumped. Really? Because of the movie. The, uh, the retro-inspired sunglasses have come in and out of fashion since they were introduced in 1937. But in 1986, the brand was definitely in style. Sales for Ray-Bans, aviator glasses jumped 40% after the movie premiered. Yeah, I believe that. So that's kind of funny. Another funny thing I did read is that Tom Cruise, we all know, was short. Okay. So he felt insecure, I, I guess, in a way, that he was so much shorter than Kelly McGillis. So in scenes where they were together, he'd actually wear lifts in his shoes to make himself taller because he's only 5'7", and she was 5'10". So in these scenes, he's actually taller than her, which he's really three inches shorter than her. So I thought that was funny. Now, it was always a, a, a said thing, and I couldn't find this, that Tom Cruise could never be an aviator pilot because he's too short. I don't know if there's a standard for that, but that's what I was always told when it came to this movie. Right. That, you know, I guess there's a, a specific height requirement to fly a plane. Well, I know that you have to have, like, crazy good eyesight to be able to be an airman right. of sorts. Like, you can't, like, you have to have over 20-20. Right. Well, there is a lot of a lot of that, like people that are colorblind aren't qualified for certain aspects of the military. They, they wouldn't necessarily discharge somebody for that, but they, they would tell them they can't do certain certain types of work. Right. And if you think about that, it's kind of important because if you can't distinguish colors, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff is um, distinguished by color. You know, right. if you're thinking, you know, blue is actually green, you could be doing something wrong and it's dangerous. Right. So, are you saying that Tom Cruise has bad eyesight, or are you just... No, I was just saying. Saying, yeah. Well, I mean, it's always fun to dunk on Tom Cruise. Right. Fucking Scientologist. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were discussing this earlier, how Tom Cruise is one of the actors in this movie that really hasn't aged. I mean, if you really put them side by side, they've aged, but Kelly McGillis, whoa. 
she is not looking like Kelly McGillis anymore. She's like an old lady. She's like 61 years old or something. Um, Val Kilmer, he's looking really rough. Apparently he had throat cancer or something. He's got a trach. It just, he just does not look like Val Kilmer anymore. Right. Tom Skerritt, I think he's just older version of himself. Anthony Edwards, poor guy, has no hair. <laughs> but he's been in other things. I want to say he was in ER. I feel like something that's like right. that. Yeah. So when Charlotte Blackwood now comes to the class environment, <laughs> they start talking about these MIGs who are the opposing fighter pilots. Right. I don't know what MIG stands for. I found out. Go ahead. I Googled it. Go, go for it. What is it? I <laughs> um, feel like I should know this, but I don't. So you remember how we were talking about you weren't sure where the enemy planes were? Right. They're Russian planes. I did find okay. that out. And It the, makes sense, like you said, because yeah. it was the 80s, but it just had a red star on it. It just didn't right. feel very Russian to me. So a MIG, the MIG itself is a company, but the way that they use the word MIG is in reference to the fighter planes made by the Russian company MIG. Okay. So it's like calling something like by a brand, basically. Okay. Like a BMW, they call a Beamer. Yeah. Yeah, same okay. thing. So she's talking about how MIGs can't do certain maneuvers and blah 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 and goose and and maverick kind of take a double like a quick look at each other like that's not right because we had that situation happen already so she starts questioning him like oh is there a question over there and they start explaining to her what's wrong with the data that she has excuse me lieutenant is there something wrong yes ma'am the data on the mig is inaccurate how's that lieutenant well, I just happened to see a MiG-28. We, we, sorry, we happened to see a MiG-28 do a 4G negative dive. Where did you see this? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Lieutenant, I have top secret clearance. The Pentagon sees to it that I know more than you. Oh, well, ma'am, it doesn't seem so in this case now, does it? So, Lieutenant, where exactly were you? Well, we Thank you. started up on his six when he pulled through the clouds, and then I moved in above him. Well, if you were directly above him, how could you see him? Because I was inverted. <coughs> no, he was, man. It was a really great move. He was inverted. You were in a 4G inverted dive with a MiG-28? Yes, ma'am. At what range? No, about two meters. Well, it's actually about one and a half, I think. He was one and a half. I've got a great Polaroid of it. And he's, he's right there. Must be one it and a half. It was a nice picture. It was a half. Uh, Thanks. Lieutenant. What were you doing there? <laughs> Communicating. Communicating. Keeping up foreign relations. I was, you know, giving him the bird. You know, the finger. Yes, I know the finger, Goose. I'm, I'm sorry, I hate it when it does that. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So you're the one. Spam. So it never really occurred to me until watching this and really analyzing like we do now. Mm -hmm. She was almost questioning them to make sure that they weren't full of shit. Because she talks about talks a lot in this movie about how she has secret clearance. Right. And how she knows things that other people don't know. I'm wondering if there's some kind of a report from the other side saying what happened. Because this guy, this MIG pilot, mm -hmm. 
would have most likely told this story and it was probably recorded somewhere what actually happened so when she's going like well how close were you well what were you doing and when they're getting all these answers right and that's when she's like so you're the one so she knows this story so obviously they're legendary because they keep talking about in this movie that, you know, a lot of pilots wait their whole career until they could see a MIG up close because it's not um, common that, you know, these fighter pilots encounter, you know, enemy aircraft unless it's a time of war. You right. know what I mean? So while, while they were just out patrolling in the beginning of this movie, that's not something that normally happens, you know? So when she was going through that, she was basically like interrogating them to see if their story matched what she had read. I, that's what I get right. out of it. I don't know if, if I'm overthinking that or or if that's that's accurate. No, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, that would that would explain it, you know? Gold star for me. I like that. I like how I picked that up. Right after that is when they finally go up and they're doing one of their training missions. And they talk about the hard deck, which is some kind of a level of where they're not supposed to follow the enemy below. And I think that that's like a... I think it's a radar. It's Yeah, it's a real, not just a training thing. It's like a, you don't go below this because it's dangerous kind of thing. You start, it starts here with the almost foreshadow because they talk about the whole... Stay with your wingman. Stay with your wingman. Mm-hmm. He's fought, He's flying with um, Wolfman and I can't think of the other guy's name. They break off because they want to go after Jester because Jester's down low. So he says, you know, he's fine. We're going to get Jester. Boom. So they go down there. They chase him. They go below the hard deck. They finally get the kill for the win. So that's when they go back and it's that altercation between Maverick and Goose and Iceman and Slider. And they say, oh, no, no, you guys didn't win. The You guys were below the hard deck. It doesn't count. So before that, they're all hot on this whole, man, we finally won. They decide, Maverick decides, it's time to buzz the tower, which is something that's not supposed to be done. So he says, oh, Goose, it's time to buzz the tower. Get your butts above the hard deck and return to base immediately. Yes, sir. Tower, this is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. No, no, ma'am. This is not a good idea. Sorry, Goose. But it's time to buzz the tower. kind of a shout out we want to do so a few weeks ago maybe about a month ago we started researching podcasts and other things and we found this podcast called buzz in the tower and we reached out to them because they i believe liked one of our pages and we started asking advice on what we should or shouldn't do and these two guys are great they do an 80s style podcast where they mostly recast 80s movies with current actors and stuff it's really good we've listened to a couple of them but they communicated us with us through chat through instagram they actually gave us a a little uh shout out on their um, instagram page you know supporting us so we want to kind of return the favor and thank them for the advice that they had given us because i think our podcast got a lot better since they uh communicated with us i just i don't know if i spoke to matt or mo but they're both awesome guys. They're so great, so helpful. 
if you're listening, Matt and Mo, I finished my script. <laughs> we, you know, had a great conversation in DMs. I had a conversation with them and then my dad had one separately. But totally awesome guys. And they've got a lot of good content. So definitely go check them out if you haven't already. Their Instagram is at buzzinthetower, all one word. They're also on Spotify. I'm not sure where else they stream, but I know Spotify definitely. So yeah, definitely go check them out if you haven't already. Yeah, so if you're listening, you're obviously a movie buff and you're interested in movies and stuff. Them too, great, great episodes. Yeah, their Empire episode is so good. Yep, so once again, we want to thank you guys. So back to the buzz in the tower scene <laughs> when they buzz the tower the uh whoever it is i don't know it's a captain or admiral or whoever it is but he's drinking coffee and he spills the coffee all over himself and then they get chewed out later and he's yelling at viper you know these guys are buzzing my tower and blah 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 so he comes out and he's like well i think that pretty much takes care of uh flybys <laughs> so that's when he tells them you can't do this you can't do that you went below the hard deck you knew what the rules were you broke them and he specifically says you broke a major rule in combat that you can't do that so he dismisses them they leave and that's the moment where jester's like you know he's dangerous he shouldn't be flying but damn this kid's good right that kind of thing so it's like it's like they want to give them that attaboy, but it's like, we can't because they're breaking the rules, but damn, they're good. And that happens with Charlie later in the movie also. You know, she's in that classroom environment telling him that, oh yeah, that's the last thing you should have done. You should have never done, you know, split off from that or split off from this. And then she leaves and chases him down on his bike and says how, you know, you got to listen to me. I can't tell you, I can't tell everybody what I'm really thinking in the class because... You know, they're going to know something's going on between us. But everything that you did was spot on. But I can't say it in there because they're all going to know that I'm falling for you. And it's like, now this just turned into a love story. Right. Which is what Top Gun really is. Deep Which down, is, I guess. Extremely unethical. <laughs> right. right. In, a, in, a, yeah, in a job environment, sure. That shouldn't. And especially in the military. Yeah, that shouldn't be going yeah. on. But it's an 80s movie, I guess. What is it? Let me go to your chain of command. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point... Goose's wife and his son show up. Right. And I guess they're just kind of there to visit. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Because, you know, they're they're away for eight weeks. They never really say where they're from or anything, but they're down in Florida right now during right. this class or whatever. So she flies in with her son. They're like, it's that happy family yes. moment. You just that know. emotional high. Spoiler alert for everybody. But you, you just know that this is what happens in those movies right. where you build everything up and everything's so happy and going great and then something bad happens. That's just what happened. So uh, they're like in the bar or whatever and he's playing the piano and they're singing Great Balls of Fire. Right. The wife tells Charlie basically how Maverick always goes home with the, with the good looking women and Goose goes home early and, you know, basically showing that Maverick is just like a... A man whore. Yeah, <laughs> you like know, a he's just always picking up women. But she's saying, you know, he's off the market now because he's in love with you. And she's like taken, like, wow, you know, really? Right. He's like, he like loves me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the next time that they go up to fly, they had led up to this whole never leave your wingman thing. Never leave your wingman. Never leave your wingman. So that's another thing. They're they're walking up to the to the plane. They're, you know, walking across the tarmac or whatever. And they're like, I feel the need. The need for speed. That's, you know, one of those classic lines to the movie. Right. So now they're up there flying. And this is the first time that they're flying with Iceman and Slider. Right. So now they're they're flying together and they're 
tracking down. I don't remember which one it was, Viper or whoever. But Maverick's getting impatient because he's got a shot. But Iceman's leading. And now they're having their conflict in the air. It's basically like, you know, I could get the shot, just get out of my way kind of thing. So they're, they're kind of going at it while they're flying. So Iceman finally realizes he's not going to get the shot and he pulls off. And that creates uh, a jet stream that they get caught in. And it starts this tailspin and the, the engines go out. And they're basically falling. You know, they have no power anymore. The plane's just falling. Maverick's in a panic. I can't reach you. I can't reach the ejection. You got to pull it. Got to pull the ejection. Pull the ejection. So Goose finally pulls it. The canopy blows off. They eject. And the canopy wasn't gone. So Goose gets ejected right into the the canopy. It's just, it's a rough scene. You know, I mean, he hits that thing hard. Right. And they basically, you know, parachutes come out. They fall into the ocean. Coast Guard shows up. Go Coast Guard. And uh, rescues them. Well, kind of pick up Goose's body at this point because he's obviously dead at this yeah, point. Yeah, there's it's no way. Very, it's very sad. Even watching it years and years later, after I've seen it numerous times, I get that tingle feeling. Like, it's so sad, you know, especially when he's dealing with, you know, talking to his wife and she's saying, you know, he loved flying with you. Right. It's just, it's a it's a rough scene. And you can kind of see that it's it's really amazing that he, he recovers as fast as he does. Now, it's probably a, a time frame still, but and I don't know how you would get over something like that, you know? Well, because that scene changes the tone of the whole movie. Right, right. It's, I want to say, I I was calling it the midpoint, but I don't think it's the midpoint. I think this is um, the beginning of the third act. Um, yeah, it's pretty far along yeah. in the movie when this happens. Yeah, because that would be the point of no return, which makes sense, because that is the moment in the film where the character, the protagonist is at their lowest. So that would be, you know, Goose's death, because, you know, he doesn't, he comes back from that, but he doesn't fully, he, he's never going to fully come back from that. Right. And he's really at the blame game at this point. He's just blaming himself. Right. And everybody's telling him. And he has to go again, uh, up to the board. And they have to basically do their investigation. And, and they tell him right then and there that they investigated. This is what happened. There's nothing that you could have done different. It wasn't your fault. You're completely not at fault. You're clear to fly. Viper is such a veteran in this industry or this, you know, this field that he's telling Jester right away, get him back up and flying because he knows that this is like devastating to him. You got to get him back on, on track, but you could just see, and even putting the actual story aside, the acting at this point is, is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know Tom Cruise is a freaking complete nut job, but I'll give it to him. He's a good actor. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where he wasn't a good actor with the exception of Vanilla Sky, because that's like the weirdest movie I've ever seen. If you've never seen it, you're probably better off not. Or <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut, which is another one that's out I've there. I've heard of that one, but and I've that's never out seen there. It. But Tom Cruise is a good actor, you know, especially yeah. especially in his younger years. Yeah. But um, the emotional scenes in this one are, are really good. Yeah. Because he just he kept he keeps blaming himself, and it's it's so it's like heart wrenching to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, so he finally gets back up to flying, and he's flying with a new co-pilot, which is Sundown, which. You never see him with anybody else. I, you see him throughout the movie. Right. But I never saw him ever flying with anybody. Hmm. So I wonder if he's kind of there as an alternate. Yeah, yeah. probably that was going to be. Now he's just kind of getting a shot. So they're up flying and now Maverick won't engage and he won't try. Right. So he keeps pulling off. 
and you know sundown's like you know what are you doing you had him you could have had him and then they're walking after they land they're walking away and he's like what are you doing man we had him and he turns and he grabs him and he says you know i will fire when i'm good and ready and it's like you're breaking you know he's 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 broken at this point he's very very enraged and he's like it turns from sadness now to agitation he's pissed off and he's like you can just see he can't control it so basically at this point he decides he's he's done he can't do it he's quitting mm-hmm. so he leaves and he basically goes to the airport with no intention he hasn't he has he's broken at this point he has got he's got no plan he's just sitting there at the terminal sitting there drinking a glass of water and he's like you know and you know charlie comes and finds him and she says you know you don't even have a plane you don't have a ticket do you mm-hmm. so he's she's talking to him and she's explaining once again you know it's not your fault it's not your fault then he goes and visits viper right. and now you get the story behind his father which we never really even discussed up to this point but maverick has a bad name a reputation because apparently his father was reckless as well but he went missing air quotes back in 1964 or something like that five i think um basically uh, he on his plane and nobody knows what happened because it's all classified. He just right. it went missing. And he always said, you know, that wasn't my dad. He didn't just go missing. Some, there's a, more to the story that nobody's telling me. Viper basically tells him, I'm going to tell you the story, but it could cost me my career. So you can't basically can't repeat it. So he tells him how he was a hero and how, you know, he was told to come back, but he refused and he saved like three other planes before he basically crashed and died. Um, so he's like, you know, why is this the first I'm hearing this? And he says, well, this isn't the kind of story you tell dependents when, you know, something like this happens. It's all classified because they were in the wrong area at the wrong time during this altercation. They shouldn't right. have been there. So it sucks because... Now your family doesn't know the, the real story. Right. So at this point, he's telling Maverick, you know, you've earned enough credits. You can go and graduate. Um, obviously, he's not going to win the whole the whole concept to why he was even there. He has to come to terms with he's just not going to be the best of the best at this point. So they have the graduation, and he doesn't go to the ceremony. Right. So he shows up after, um, which is kind of good. You, you know, you see him go, and at least he's supporting everybody. And he, he basically eats crow and walks right up to Iceman and Viper. I'm sorry, Iceman and Slider and congratulates them. You know, it's basically not really tail between my legs, but I have to accept that you're the best. You know, I think that took a took a lot for somebody to have to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Especially with how cocky he is. Right. But it was it was kind of a it, it's not even like a, a complete smooth over yet. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like a step in the right direction where right. I'm going to give you the props that you deserve, but we're not on good terms. So at that point, they give them all orders because they're going to, there's a, a, a situation. Mm-hmm. So they end up back to the beginning, not the beginning of the movie, but the beginning situation where they're back in the Indian Ocean. They're on the aircraft carrier mm-hmm. and there's the altercation with the MiGs or whatever. First, Iceman and Merlin go up. First, Iceman and Slider go up with Wolfman and his co-pilot. I think it's Hollywood. Sounds right. Hollywood. So they're up. Wolfman gets shot down. They don't die. They just get their wing taken, I believe. Or right. the, the back think... of the engine or whatever. Yeah, they get out. As far as I know, none of the Navy pilots end up biting it in this movie except Goose. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, they send Maverick up. So Maverick is now teamed up with Merlin, who was Cougar's co-pilot right. from the beginning. So obviously Merlin's a good co-pilot because him and Cougar were number one. So at least he's got a good co-pilot. You know that. We're back in the situation of, I got to stay with my wingman. Maverick's got Goose's dog tags, mm-hmm. and he's like talking to him, talk to me, Goose, talk to me, Goose. And it's like that tingly scene where Merlin's yelling at him, You got to get back in the fight, got to get back in the fight. And he's like, Talk to me, right. Goose, talk to me, Goose. 
And um, Iceman is still giving him a hard time because he breaks off. And he's like, I knew it. I knew he wasn't ready. He re-engages. Basically, he's defeating the odds at this point. I'm, I'm going to go back in there. Um, basically goes in there, saves the day, and uh, he shoots down, like, I think they said four? Yeah, four. I four think there were five. And I then the one left, or two left, something like yeah. that. Basically, it all turns out good in the end, and when they finally land, that's when they have their moment of mm-hmm. smoothing things over. He says, you know, you're still dangerous. He goes, but you could be my wingman at any time. And right. Maverick's like, bullshit, you could be my wingman. They hug it out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all smoothed over. Maverick's like this big hero, this big legend now. <laughs> and, you know, the uh, the commander tells him, you got your choice of duty stations wherever you want to go. And he chooses to go to Top Gun to be an instructor. Right. So he goes back and Charlie plays, you've lost that love and feeling on the jukebox. Right. You know, comes around full circle, you know, and basically sucking face in the airport again or wherever they were at. Yeah. Yeah, that I I feel like the term eating each other's faces is better. I I think it's a better description. That obviously is going to lead into another movie. Like, what? How many years later are we talking here? Thirty some, thirty-five years at this point. Thirty-five years later, something like that. They're coming out with a sequel to Top Gun, and it's uh, I believe it's called Top Gun Maverick. So I watched yeah, a trailer I on it. It looks it looks pretty good, but you know they always make trailers look good. So I mean I'm interested in seeing it. Will I run out to the theaters and see it? I don't quite know about that. But if we do watch it, I think we should do an episode of that to follow up this one. Probably. Good thinking. Does that wrap up? I think that brings us to the end. I think uh, we got all the gist out of it. You know of you know, the concept of the movie and hit on all the favorite parts and everything. Yeah, I'd say so. So next week, we are going to stick with the the military theme, I believe. And we are going to go with The Guardian. Now, if you've never seen The Guardian, it's not, I don't want to bash the movie, but it's not the greatest movie, but there's a lot of interesting things to it. And I have a lot of good behind the scenes info on this one. And I'm not going to tell you right now, How I know, but I've got some good ones. So if anybody knows anything about military or are in the Coast Guard, I, I've got some good intel for you. So, Brooke, why don't you tell us about The Guardian? Well, The Guardian appears to be a movie from 2006 that I have never seen before. It is directed by Andrew Davis, which I don't know what else he's done, but it's got Ashton Kutcher and Kevin Costner in it. Um, what is Andrew Davis famous for? He got some awards, but I'm not seeing a filmography. Um, Andrew Davis directed A Perfect Murder. I think that one is familiar. Holes? Andrew Davis directed Holes? The Holes with Shia LaBeouf? (laughs) Holes? I'm tired of this, Grandpa. (laughs) Too damn bad. You keep digging. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay, so yes, he has done something. But other than that, not really. Oh, The Fugitive. He did The Fugitive, too. Okay. Yeah, so that guy. The guy who did The Fugitive and also Holes. Those are two (laughs) very different movies. Well, you said said A Perfect Murder, correct? Yeah, that too. I've seen that. 
I've heard of it, I think. It's, that was actually a good movie. I believe that me and your mother saw it when we were vacationing down in uh, Maryland or something like that. You went to a movie while you were on vacation? I don't remember why we were <laughs> away. It was something like that. I remember seeing it in the theater. That was pretty good. So that's something fun that we'll do next week. And, you know, maybe we venture more into that guy because that'd be pretty funny if he did holes because it's a weird movie. It's <laughs> a weird movie. <laughs> One thing that I did forget to mention about this movie that do you know this is, movie is directed by Tony Scott, who is the brother of Ridley Scott? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, he's dead now. Rest in peace, my friend. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. He's Ridley Scott's brother. Whack that they were like both directing at the same time. Yeah. Not completely unheard of. Right. If you're not currently following us, where can I follow us, Brooke? You can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Film Frenzy Podcast, all one word. Instagram at Film Frenzy Podcast and TikTok at Film Frenzy Podcast, all one word on all three. So with that. With with that. that. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you next week.